For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen. Joined, as always, by two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor, 24. What's happening today? Marky, how you doing, bro? I've been waiting to use your number. I feel like we've done this long enough now to where I can call you 24. I know you're big on using a player's number when describing them. I'm not sure why that is, but I'm doing fantastic. How are you today? I'm good. How you doing? Trying to get you, trying to get your spunk up a little bit, you know? I know we were talking earlier, you were talking about your spunk, and I was like, man, it'd be days like that. Because it'd be days, man, where I just, I hit the snooze button about four or five times, and that can turn into like five hours. Yo, we're going to get this podcast started, though, so let's get the rolling. Several months ago, we thought that this week we would be talking about the Steelers' performance in the Hall of Fame game against the Cowboys. That's since been canceled. You would have been just getting back from Canton where your teammate and friend Troy Polamalu was set to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Bill Cowher, Donnie Shell as well. That has been since postponed as well. Crazy times we're living in, Ike. Yeah, it is. You know, I got that experience with Coach LeBeau. You know, it's, it's crazy. Coach Tomlin, he let, you know, especially the whole team, but the defense go for Dickey for his Hall of Fame speech. So that was cool. And Coach LeBeau wound up saying my name. Now, he could have mentioned thousands of names, you know? But he mentioned Ike T name in his Hall of Fame speech. So throughout all that, I was on his mind. And I was like, damn, I must, I must be kind of special. You know what I'm saying? Like, Dickie just said my name in his Hall of Fame speech. Then you got Bussy. You know, Jerome Bettis, he went, um, shared some moments. With the, with the whole crew, when Jerome Bettis went, then, you know, I don't know what's taking so long. I feel like Alan Fanica, other than Donnie Shell, Coach Cowell, and Troy Palomalu, should have been in this class. You know what I'm saying? But that's a whole nother story. But at the same time, you know, you just got to congratulate the 2019 class, the Hall of Fame guys. But, you know, I couldn't wait. I wanted to share that moment with Troy because Troy and I had came in together. You know, we left out together, which is I. You know, usually you don't come in the same draft class and leave out in the same year. You know, we came in and we retired at the same time. So that was crazy. That's just the bond we have. Coach Cowell, players coach, I know he gave the face for the TV. You know what I'm saying? The Cowell face for the TV. But as far as, like, being a players coach, man, you anybody would have played for Coach Cowell. You know, he was an old school. He was a training camp guy. He was a two-a-days guy. He was always just let him fight it out kind of guy. We're men. It's a lot of testosterone. You know, we got a lot of alphas. Just let him fight it out kind of guy, you know? <laughs> um, Mr. Donnie Shell, you know, it, it's, it's been a long time coming for Donnie. One another still a greats. You know, I feel like they just keep holding back or saying, man, it's Pittsburgh got too many Hall of Fame guys you know, either on the ballot or in there. But Pittsburgh, like, 
we can't help the way we draft. We have a formula and it works. So that's not our fault. But yeah, man, it's just messed up. You know, it's a pandemic. Um, the whole world is going through something right now. So I want to go back to what you were saying about Alan Fanica. I know you've been leading the charge on that on social media to, you know, you're talking about an offensive lineman who went to several Pro Bowls in his career for the Steelers, 13-year career, among the best of the best. I know you've been leading the charge on that on social media. And, you know, in terms of Troy as well, Ike, you know, that's something we'll just have to wait for next year for. And I know Troy has been very gracious in the sense that this is really the least of our concerns with everything that's going on with the pandemic. But certainly, you know, something that I know that you and your other Steelers teammates had been anticipating in wanting to celebrate Troy's Hall of Fame induction with him. Yeah, you know, I mean, I played with all three. I played I played with Bussy, I played with Alan Fanica, and I played with Troy. But it's a little bit different because I came in with Troy. You know what I'm saying? I came in with uh, Troy. So just to see all that, just to be in the front row, you know, just to be on the floor. You know, when you go to these basketball games and you get floor seats, I have floor seats playing with Troy. I have floor seats playing with Alan Fanick. I have floor seats playing with Jerome Bettis. But, you know, the bond just a little bit different. You know, Troy and I did 12 together. You know what I'm saying? They, we just talk more now of the talk. So, and that says a lot about our friendship and relationship towards each other, our brotherhood. But, I mean, you, you can't really say enough about Troy, you know, because really he set the tone in the locker room and the tone was being humble, putting all the work in, understanding what it was to wear black and gold. You know, Troy understood what it was because the greatness came through. And I've talked to Franco Harris this year before everything had happened. And, you know, him and Mel Blunt and Donnie Shell and those guys was like, they felt like they was coming there was coming too much around. And what I was telling them was y'all wasn't coming enough. Like I didn't mind seeing y'all two or three times out of the week. You know what I'm saying? Once a month is cool. Y'all thought once a month might've been cool. Man, I want to see y'all damn near every day. Like I, I want, I want to feel that energy. I want to look in y'all eyes. I want to see who the legends and the pioneers was before us. That's what I wanted to see. And I was telling Franco this and, Franco was like, for real, I was like, man, I'm dead ass serious. Like, y'all wasn't coming around enough. Y'all thought y'all was doing too much by coming maybe once every two months. Man, I, I damn near wanted to see y'all every day because I, I wanted these stories. That's, that's what I wanted. And the rest of the guys wanted these stories. We wanted to, we wanted to hear how the hell y'all won three, four Super Bowls. You know what I'm saying at the time? We wanted to know what it took. That's our class when we came in. I mean, man, I, my whole professional life, all I've been around was legends. <laughs> legends and winners. Legend legends and winners. You couldn't script this. A, a Hall of Fame owner, two Hall of Fame coaches between Coach Cowell and Coach Tomlin. I really do believe Coach Tomlin will get in the Hall of Fame. I already got Hall of Fame. We talking about Boss Hall, Russ Grimm, he's in the Hall of Fame. Coach Munchak, offensive lineman, he's in the Hall of Fame. Like, Coach Dick LeBeau, he's in the Hall of Fame. 
even Coach Ryan Wilson doing his stint, he'll come through training camp. <laughs> He's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so all I've been around is greatness. And we ain't even talking about the players, seven Big Ben, he's going to the Hall of Fame. The Castro, Pouncey, if they keep stay healthy and doing what they don't, they going to the Hall of Fame. Look, that, that, so that's that's what I've that's what I've been around. You know what I'm saying? James Harrison, James Ferrier. Man, I, I can go down the list, man. Casey Hampton, I really do believe Casey Hampton is probably him and Aaron Smith probably the most underrated defensive lineman that ever played the game. But other, I just been around greatness, man. I've been around greatness my whole career. Now, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but a silver lining for the Steelers headed into 2020, one of three teams that didn't have a single player opt out due to concerns related to the coronavirus pandemic. The Falcons and the Chargers were the other two. And so there was a deadline earlier this month for players to opt out. They received a certain amount of money depending on if they were a medical opt-out or if they opted out voluntarily. But the Steelers didn't have a single player opt-out headed into 2020, which is really encouraging. Now, I, something else we're going to talk about on today's Believe in Steelers podcast is the decision by the Big Ten and the Pac-12 to cancel their fall football seasons. Looking at this from an NFL standpoint, if I'm an NFL owner, I'm rooting for college football to cancel because if the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC also decide to follow suit, and that's kind of up in the air right now, it looks like those other three Power 5 conferences are going to play a fall season. But if they do decide to cancel and follow the lead of the Big 10 and the Pac-12, that Saturday programming is up in the air. The NFL is going to scoop in and play their games on Saturdays if the rest of the college conferences decide to cancel. That's something I have my eye on moving forward. And that's the part I hate about it. So we're always talking about safety. So right now, the way you're talking and the way the owner's probably thinking, they think in dollar signs. Mm -hmm. Players are thinking safety. So during this whole pandemic, it's been safety and health. So... College, like, you know what? We, a few of these conferences, we're going to go ahead and sit out because safety is very important. You know, you, you can, you can't get time back. It's hard for you to get good safety habits as a whole. So they're doing this as a whole. A few, com a few more conferences go down in football, and it's spring football going to be real. Now, as an owner, you're thinking, cha-ching. You know what I'm saying? But see, there's a lot to unpack here. I can and we're, we'll we'll get into it point by point. I don't think there's any chance. I don't think there's any chance a spring season happens. That's just my opinion. Well, I can outline I, why, but I, I don't think there's think any chance a spring season happens. I, I think they're going into not playing in the off season, figuring something out in the spring. I think I think the spring is gonna be loaded. You know, it is just like it, we're saying they might not have it might not be a chance for college football, and it might be a chance. It might not be a chance for NFL football, but it might be a chance. So the impossible is possible. See, this is where I disagree with if you. you let me outline why. And blow let, it out. Let, 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 me, let me outline why. And I'm, There's I'm, hold on. I'm cool. I'm, I'm cool with that. I, I just want to answer your NFL question. Okay. What would a testing be after games? How will you COVID test after games? So – you start the COVID test after the games and 
what's the number of guys that can possibly get it for you to shut down football per game? In terms of threshold, that's a great question. You know question what I'm saying? Because, that's, 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 here's that's, the thing. that's how I'm looking at. Here, here's the thing, Ike. If you're going to send students to class on college campuses where you're not going to test, how can you then say we're then not going to play football as well? That's what they're doing is you, you're not telling the whole story because they're doing options. Like juniors, freshmen, freshmen and sophomores can go virtual. But no, they're giving the options to juniors and seniors. So you got to tell the whole story. So juniors and seniors got the options. Freshmen and sophomores, they might got to go virtual. That's, that's what you got to tell. So they're they, they not doing that for every college. So when you tell that story- And that's story, the thing Mark, is it's circumstantial. It. It's circumstantial. Let me outline yes, why I don't think there's a spring season and then we can get into, here's why I don't think there'll be a spring season. There's no guarantee we're going to be better off come spring than we are right now in terms of having a grasp on this pandemic. There's no saying that right. we're going to have a vaccine by that point, too. We can hope that a vaccine comes about. Hope isn't a strategy. Number two, if you're a top draft pick, like, say, a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields, you're not going to play with April's NFL draft. The NFL's not moving back. Not to mention, what about the NFL combine at the end of February, early March? There's too much risk for the players that are going to be NFL talent. And then number three, and Ike, you should know this better than anyone as someone who played collegiately and someone who played 12 years. How can you play in the spring and then to have such a quick turnaround and then play again in the fall only a few months later? For someone who's a late teen in their early 20s, the wear and tear that that would take on a player's body, if we're talking about player safety, you can't have that fast of a turnaround between seasons. Hey, Mark, I'm putting you, I'm putting you in a seat as a chancellor. Take away you being a fan okay. and part of the media. I'm putting you in a seat that you're not playing the whole in the spring. You're playing maybe four to six games in the spring. I, I, I'm telling you, get out that seat you're sitting in right now, and I'm putting you, I'm putting you in, I'm putting you as a chancellor as one of these major. FBF top five schools. Here's the thing. So, I... Of course. And the guys, the guys who know is only how many how many colleges we have? D1 colleges. How many guys? 120 plus. Yeah. Yeah. How many, how many draft picks, bro? Two something? Come on, bro. Only, only, only two something. Only two something getting. So what? Two per team? So you, you that know doesn't sure. that does not address the fact right? that how are things going to be better in the spring than they are right now? And what does the spring no, even no, mean? Nobody, does the spring mean January, no, nobody, February, and no, March in the middle of flu season when nobody, the spread's no, going to be tenfold be worse? Better. Nobody said it would be better. So you you saying how would it be better? Nobody said it would be better. So I'm okay, walk me through this, Ike. Walk so you can do, you can do so. Okay, so they have spring football and they play spring games. So they can just play spring games. There's no chance the spring season happens. Zero. It's it's saving face it. by the conference. I'll, I'll bet you anything. That's fine with me. That's fine with me. They're gonna do what the, they doing what they're gonna do. I guarantee you, they're gonna do what the NFL does in training camps. Teams gonna get to travel, and it's gonna be like a training camp. It's not gonna be a full season. But them teams would travel, and they're going to play spring football, but it's going to be called spring football. But Why can't we do that do right now? Why can't we do that right now when some of these because athletes of, are still of, training with their teams, yet they're not allowed to play games if you're a Big Ten or Pac-12 team? What's to say that an athlete isn't 
safer in a college environment around his teammates. And okay, it's not quite a full bubble. You can't do that with college students, but being tested regularly as a student athlete with your team versus being off campus elsewhere and not having that same access to the facilities that these universities provide their student athletes. So wouldn't it be safer to actually play and to know I have coronavirus, even if I'm asymptomatic? No one's talking about that. I listened to an interview with the SEC commissioner, Greg Sankey, and he was talking about what there was a football player in a single day had workouts at two different private facilities, right? They don't know what the safety protocols and the cleaning protocols are at these private facilities. We know what those would be within the different conferences if you develop the correct and proper planning to be able to have a fall season. And the fact that the Big Ten puts out a schedule last week and then subsequently cancels less than a week later, it's ineptitude, Ike. It's inept. Yeah, but the NFL did the same thing. It starts September. Now, if they decide, if they decide what you're going to say about the NFL, now, if they decide to cancel their season, then what? What are we going to say then, Mark? Same thing. So here, here, here's, here's my problem. This is considered a mass. This right here is considered a mass, right? You probably have a blue mass. Then you got, then you got if a female has a mask, she might want the begazzles on her mask. If somebody is sponsored by Louis or Gucci, they have a Louis or Gucci mask. So really, there is no safe for none of us. Why don't the government get an FDA approved where everybody wears the same mask? Not, not okay, you got a handkerchief, I got a motorbike mask. You got a blue mask. See, that's what I think the problem is. If everybody wears the same mask, we'll really know what these numbers should look like. But everybody ain't wearing the same mask. But this is what I do agree with you on. And this is old school, and people going to get mad. I really don't care. My sister caught the chicken pox. My mama said, told my three other sisters, both of y'all sitting in the house so everybody can catch these chicken pox. Why? I need y'all to build y'all immune system. Because the longer you sit in the house, the weaker your immune system will get. The more active you will be outside of the house, the stronger your immune system will be. Now, it's a lot of other people that go, that has, you know, diabetes, asthma, immune deficiencies, and I get it. I understand. But heck, your husband or your girlfriend can have it, and everybody in the house don't catch it. So I'm like, how, how, is, it, how is it like that? So I agree. I agree. Want everybody come together and see what happens. Meaning football. I totally agree, cause a lot of the college players have had it, but their symptoms not as bad as normal people, because they have built their immune system. You know what I'm saying? So I I I I, I agree with you 100. percent Bring the boys together, let them build their immune system, and see what happens. And that is an important point in the sense that, look, this is a serious situation. 164,000 people have died in the U.S., but we know by and large from CDC data and data from state health departments all throughout the country that younger people, college-age football players, are not nearly as susceptible to actually dying from coronavirus than older people are, people 65 and older people with compromised immune systems. And that's something that we know definitively at this point in time 
you know, about six months after this pandemic really took root in mid-March in this country. But to me, there's just a disconnect with how can university presidents welcome thousands of undergrads on campus who aren't being tested at all back to their campus, put them in dorms, cafeterias, classrooms, yet they can't protect a few hundred athletes. There's a huge disconnect there. And to me, it's like shutting down fall sports. It's not really about keeping the athletes safer. It's about university presidents shifting blame elsewhere, which is the exact opposite of what real campus leadership should look like. And I've heard the liability argument over and over and over again. And one thing I don't understand about the liability argument is this. To prove someone is liable for an injury or if you were to contract the disease, you have to be able to definitively prove how you sustained that injury or got coronavirus. What's to say a student that wouldn't happen somewhere on campus, whether that's in a classroom or at the library or in the cafeteria or out and about in a bar? Now, I certainly hope they're not doing things that they don't need to to limit their exposure, but that's something that just makes no sense from this liability standpoint, when you still have some of these Big Ten schools that are still going to be practicing for 20 hours a week, yet you can't have a fall season, how can the University of Iowa decide Iowa in the Big Ten's not having a football season, yet it's safe for Iowa State as a member of the Big 12? It, to me, it just it doesn't make any sense. There's no logic to it. Too much inconsistency. You know, it's, it's not enough evidence or data. You know, it's, they stand it is, but it's really not. We've been getting lied to about this coronavirus. There's nothing in there. There's nothing in concrete about this coronavirus. It's too many opinions. It's too many fabricated numbers. The laws are lenient between states and counties. So that's the problem. You know, if everybody. If all states was under one policy or one law when it came down to this coronavirus, the numbers might be a little bit different, Mark. But it's not. These, these people in college who got to take charge in these decision makings from one county to the next might be a little bit different, bro. I mean, we're going through the same thing with coronavirus with the governors. So what you think college is going to be like? There, there won't be no consistency when it comes down to what's going on in this pandemic in the United States, because there is no consistency at the top level in every state. I hear you, Ike. And I'll say this too, even though I am a proponent of a fall college football season, I don't think the Big Ten or Pac-12 made the correct decision. I do think if a player decides that he wants to opt out, he should be able to do so without fear of having to lose his scholarship. I agree. And I will say this too, and you said this earlier too, Ike, which I think is also very, very smart. Plans should be flexible. There should be nothing set in stone because this still is a very fluid situation. So I do agree about those two things. But to me, having that football structure at a college level encourages player safety in terms of players would be healthier within that structure than outside of it. And that's just the point I'm trying to make is there are too many inconsistencies with, oh, well, let's cancel the fall season and then try to play in the spring. If they're going to try to do that and you can't play football outside in the fall, you can kiss March Madness goodbye again because how are you going to play basketball indoors in November, December, January, February, and March? There's just no way. There's no way. 
where I think I don't I don't know basketball a little bit different. I think what the NBA is doing, March Madness, the, the, the NBA figured it out. Point, but they have a bubble in place. They though, figured right? it out, so they they could, yeah, correct. A Disney, what what I do know about Disney, Disney is about their money, and they, they, they come on down to Disney, come on down to Disney. <laughs> that's one thing I. That's one thing I do know. March Madness. I don't know where else to be in 2020 or 21. Bring y'all ass down to Disney. We got y'all. Can't y'all see? Can't y'all see what we did for the pro players? So y'all can all imagine what we do for the college players. That's easy for basketball. Football. See, the problem is the problem. I think Mark during this pandemic, the people who was in charge of these fall sports. They wasn't thinking about what if. So what if what if this pandemic lasts to December? That's what they weren't thinking about. They was, oh, it'll go away. Oh, by uh, late, late July, August, it, it might go away. Nobody wasn't thinking about the what if factor. So now, now we're here, which is the fall, because it's August, September, damn near a couple of days away. What, 17 days away, just about. What we gonna do? You know what I'm saying? So we took this pandemic for granted. That's how I look at it, Mark. We we took this pandemic. People in fall sports took the pandemic for granted. And now they should have would have a long time ago. Cause I'm always a worst case scenario guy. Then I figure out everything else. So time to tell, man, I hope they do have an NFL football season. We will see. But at the same time, the, the NFL higher-ups and these execs, they could have been had a plan to figure out a what effect. Well, if you watched Hard Knocks, it seems like the NFL actually has a pretty good plan in terms of all of the different protocols that they have in place at these facilities. But an NFL team is going to have resources that you might not have at a college that's not okay in Alabama or a Texas or an LSU that has – gobs and gobs of money just based on the revenue they generate year in and year out. Like something I was really excited to ask you about today was when you were in college and at the start of your senior year, you switched from running back to cornerback. And what would your NFL career or NFL prospects have even looked like had you not gotten the opportunity your senior year to switch positions and play defense? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been in the league. I wouldn't have been in the NFL, bro. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have no tape. Your tape is your resume. You know, I wouldn't have had no tape. You know, so I wouldn't have been in the league. If I was going through this pandemic, you know, switching from running back to cornerback, my senior, I, I would have had some, I would have had no tape, bro. So, and so we wouldn't even be play. having this conversation right now. We wouldn't even be we having this conversation right now. We wouldn't at all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I really do believe that. And I thought about that, like, Man, if I was coming out of college, like, I wouldn't even made it to the league. Like, I wouldn't – I would have – because there ain't no such thing as walk-on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't have had no tape that I played corner at a college level. So, yeah, I definitely wouldn't have been in the league. That, that, that's, just, that's just my personal opinion, Mark. And so the reason I bring that up is going into last season, LSU and now Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow – was projected to be about a sixth-round pick, so a mid-to-late-round draft pick. He has a historic season, falls out, and becomes the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. I can't help but think of 
who are those players going to be that won't have the opportunity to play this fall? We got you projected sixth round. And if you have a season to play, Joe Burrow said, you know what? Since y'all got me six, I'm about to ball out, win me a national championship, get me a goddamn Heisman, and I'm going to change all the narrative. If you don't have a football season, you can't do that. You can't do that. So at least he was on the radar as a six, you know, a six-round draft pick maybe for agent. I wasn't even on the radar, bro. Like, I was just trying to make a transition from running back to cornerback, Mark. So, yeah, a lot of those guys who are late rounders, it's going to be tough. You know, it's going to be tough. From that third day on, it's, it's going to be tough. If, if you project it to go somewhere, that's where they're probably going to have you going because you don't have any tape. Or it might be a good thing. It might make the execs and the scouts, it might make them work, hey, we don't want to miss out. Let's go back to this old tape. Let's not look at these juniors and seniors, because really you're looking at seniors first. Who's been out for the draft? Hey, let's let, let me get a let me get a great eye on these seniors who coming out. Okay, cool. Let me get a good eye on these juniors that's coming out. So, you know, as we talk and as I think about it, Mark, depending on the team, Pittsburgh got a nice front office. Patriots got a nice front office. KC got a nice front office. The Ravens got a nice front office. From what it looks like so far, a young front office, Miami, the past two years, looking like they got a nice front office. The Rams got a nice front office. The Texans front office isn't too bad. Tennessee got a nice front office. I'm just naming teams that's so far, I think consistently that's going to make it to the playoffs. And scouts going to know what they're looking for. You know what I'm saying? All the other teams got to catch up. They're going to have problems. So, yeah. Yeah, that Burrow situation, if he was coming out this year, would have been tough. The Ike Taylor situation in 2002 coming out, he would have never got drafted. Ain't no telling what, what would have happened. So, yeah, it, a lot of those guys who need this senior year, the scouts and execs got to go back to what you already put on tape, Mark. As we begin to wrap up the Believe in Steelers podcasts, Ike, I've got a few other thoughts other sports playing this fall, you've got most high school football, 37 out of the 50 states are going to play. Major League Baseball's back, the NBA's back, NHL, Major League Soccer, the NFL scheduled to come back in September, PGA is back, the LPGA is back, NASCAR, the NWSL, the US Open and tennis is scheduled, UFC's back, boxing, the Kentucky Derby is scheduled, and the Indy 500. Those are all either happening right now or in the near future. And so college campuses, when kids return, the virus is going to spread. There probably will be an uptick in cases, but you have to ask yourself, what does that mean? And from what we've seen from the data thus far, by and large, the students themselves are not going to die of coronavirus unless they already have serious health issues. A lot of them aren't even going to know that they have it at all. And so people are going to be fearful. And look, if they are, or if they're around people who could have problems, they should have the right to stay home if they choose to do that and wait until there's a vaccine. That's their right. But the people that do want to assume that risk, the people who want to decide to go back to class or want to play sports, they shouldn't have the rights taken away to do that. 
and they and they understand that life comes with risk and that they're willing to step out and to either go to school or go to class or go to back to work. And that to me is just the biggest thing to where, look, if you assess that your risk is too high, should be well within your right to choose to do that. At the same time, we've got to to start to do things to try to start to get back to normal. And that to me is a large reason why I wholeheartedly disagree with what the Big Ten and Pac-12 decided. And there are gonna be repercussions to to those decisions as well. And look, it might still be too short-sighted to assess what all of those are right now, but that to me is just, we'll see what happens. And I, again, I've got my eye on what does the ACC decide, the Big 12 and the SEC. That's how I look at it, Mark. Ain't no guarantees, bro. Whether we take low risk or high risk, ain't no guarantees. I do want to give a quick shout out to the Bleacher Report reporter, Tyler Dunn, had a great piece on Minka Fitzpatrick ahead of the 2020 season. And Fitzpatrick detailed why things didn't work out in Miami. They had him playing down in the box more at a strong safety kind of linebacker position versus as a free safety patrolling the middle or the deep half of the field as a free safety. And so I'd encourage any of our listeners to go check that out. It was a a great deep dive into why things didn't work out in Miami and how things have worked out thus far in Pittsburgh and how Fitzpatrick's really tried to mold his game after Troy Polamalu Ed Reed and Brian Dawkins, all either current Hall of Famers or future Hall of Fame players. So go check that out to any of the listeners. A great, great story that came out earlier this week from Bleacher Report on Minka Fitzpatrick. Ike, another episode in the books. This was great. And uh, just want to thank all the listeners for tuning in and everything. And knock on wood, we're a few weeks away from the start of the NFL season. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. And it's just nice to have sports back. And as always, it's a pleasure talking with you too, Ike. Oh, I did in America, man. I want to thank everybody for listening. Absolutely. Go give us a five-star review. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Believe in Steelers podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Going to go ahead and sign off here. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. Take care. So long. And we'll see you next time. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.